Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. If you're a seeker, don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work, Chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder Sander Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, sacred international journeys, a meditative CD, and her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate your earthwalk and create a deeper connection to yourself. Find this and more at her website, starwalkervisions.com. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees.
Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome to the Science of Magic, a place where science and magic come together to transform fact into evolving truth. We're proudly coming to you through the ever-expanding Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, and can also be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour we'll be exploring Know Thyself. Two words were written across the top of the gate into the Temple of Enlightenment, Know Thyself. Feeling deeply committed to gain access to the temple, I sat on a shaded bench under a nearby towering tree, contemplating the words. My guide sat quietly beside me, ever patient. I don't understand, I finally stated. What does it mean, know thyself? I know who I am. No, you do not, he countered. How can you be so sure, I challenged. Because you just said you know who you are. Of course I know who I am. No, you only know what you're identified with. Roles, names, occupations, associations, possessions, titles, behaviors, beliefs, stories, and even your damage. Those are who you are not. It was a dream I had often, inevitably waking from it, feeling confused, hollow, and disoriented. Yet I returned to the dream night after night to sit quietly on the bench, trying to solve the puzzle. Liberation came when finally I not only realized I have no idea who I am, but resigned myself to it. Everything I previously identified with has become like a closet of clothing, garments I wear to walk in the world, but not who I am. While disconcerting at first, not being restricted to a role or identity is very freeing. When we aren't invested, we're able to take on whatever expression best serves the moment. When I find myself unwilling or unable to assume a particular stance, though it seems appropriate, I'm aware of being controlled by judgment, damage, or a pattern, rather than true prompting. Once finding a restriction, if I sit quietly in contemplation, it can be tracked back to its origin and released. Through this process, I've become progressively aware of who I'm not, and increasingly free to take on whatever expression is appropriate in the time and situation. Through the releasing of false identity, I become more self-aware. At first, there was the hope I would find who I was through this process. Instead, I've given greater awareness of what's moving through me, but not who I am. We have the dubious pleasure of living in extremely transitional times. As we leave the age of Pisces and enter Aquarius, we're leaving a time of polarization and entering into unity. As we draw closer to unity, everything separating us from ourselves and the cosmos is under increasing pressure to be released. Unity abolishes compartmentalization. Compartmentalization is necessary for identity, which is perceived separation. Any attempt to maintain a sense of self as separate from other creates instability as it's no longer supported by the ambient influences. The tighter we cling to polarization, the more volatile we become as individuals and as a culture. Having a contemplative practice at this time 
can help immeasurably. Whether meditation or a shamanic journey trance, any form that helps us transcend identity and access pure essence is invaluable. For without mindful contemplation, the increasing pressure of the times drives us to living out of pattern and knee-jerk reaction rather than natural, our natural and natural divinity. Finding myself in the dream one last time, I stood from the bench and faced the gate. I am, I called out in triumph. I just am. The gate opened. I awoke. The dream has not returned. Our guest this hour, Joseph Emmett, is the author of numerous books, including his latest, Buddha's Book of Meditation, Mindfulness Practices for a Quieter Mind, Self-Awareness, and Healthy Living. Joseph started the Mindfulness Meditation Center in 1997. In 2003, he received the lamp transmission as a Dharma teacher. After this commercial break, I'll introduce Joseph, and together we'll discuss mindfulness, self-awareness, the ancient art of meditation, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Prior innovative episodes can always be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. 
Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a Southern Flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Joseph Emmett, the author of numerous books, including his latest, Buddha's Book of Meditation, Mindfulness Practices for a Quieter Mind, Self-Awareness, and Healthy Living. Joseph has trained several thousand people in mindfulness practices. He holds his doctorate in music from Boston University and has been certified in reality therapy counseling and was a Fulbright Scholar. Joseph's website is mindfulnessmeditationcenter.org. Joseph, thank you so much for joining us on The Science of Magic. My pleasure. It's, uh, I, I listened to your introduction with so much interest. I, I love the show, and I'm looking forward to our, our interview together. Oh, thank you for being on. It's really a pleasure to work with you. So How did you get into meditation? You're a musician. <laughs> well, I... I have dabbled in meditation all my life. I was, like many, many people, uh, it started with uh, about of yoga, and uh, then, uh, like also many other people, uh, there was Indian spirituality that drew me, just like the Beatles, the Maharishi. And then finally I discovered Buddhism, I discovered Zen, then I discovered Thich Nhat Hanh, and, uh, yeah, and that was my home, and I stayed there. Mm. What can you tell us about the lamp transmission? Um, Where did you get it? Well, the lamp transmission is a beautiful ceremony uh, at Plum Village. Uh, Thich Nhat Hanh uh, sits with a, a large uh, oil lamp on, his, uh, on, on the table, and uh, you go up uh, and... Uh, he recites a poem just composed for you, and you recite a poem that you compose for the occasion, and you bring along a small oil lamp, and he lights your small oil lamp uh, from the flame of the big oil lamp that's on his desk, and he says, this is the light of the Buddha, now it's entrusted to you. And uh, it's a very empowering uh, ceremony. And then you're asked to give a, a little talk, a Dharma talk, to the whole community assembled, uh, some of the monastics, some of the lay people. In my case, I chose to make them sing. I, I wrote a lot of the uh, mindfulness songs that are sung at Plum Village and other Thich Nhat Hanh mindfulness communities. And uh, they were happy to have a break from uh, listening to, to singing along with me. 
<laughs> so you brought your music in. <laughs> um, so is this is this ceremony to um, to to give a, a, a download or a frequency um, attunement? Well, uh, it's not so much an attunement, although the attunement is there. I think there must be some attunement to your teacher and through your teacher to the chain of teachers, to the Buddha. And uh, in the Zen tradition, they say, uh, you see eye to eye with your teacher and your eyebrows are intermingled with the teacher's eyebrows who, who transmits the teaching to you. Uh, so you're really seeing with the same eyes. That's the uh, that's the uh, that's the meaning of that. And if you choose to call that a two-minute well, that's what it is. <laughs> what is a Dharma teacher? A Dharma teacher, different names for it. Roshi in the Zen Japanese Zen tradition, um, Sensei, uh, if you like. A Dharma teacher is someone who has been authorized to teach the Buddha's way, and uh, he is authorized by someone who has himself been authorized by by someone else in the tradition. So it's uh, supposedly, uh, in theory, uh, an unbroken chain of, of teachers coming from the time of of, of the Buddha up to the present moment. Mm. So, speaking of which, where did meditation originate? I really don't know. Uh, I think it must uh, it must be very ancient. Certainly, Buddha didn't invent it. Did the Hindus invent it? I don't know. Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's somehow. Uh, uh, rings a bell for most people, centering. Uh, I think that's the etymological meaning of it, uh, centering. Uh, I think different traditions have added their their slant on it, their twist on it. And uh, Buddhist meditation has its own particular flavor, though. Mm-hmm. How many forms are there? Say that again? How many forms of meditation are there? Do you know? Oh, uh, I I don't know how many traditions there are. I, uh, uh, there is really I don't think anybody knows. Um, uh, the 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 important thing is to find one that works for you, and to find one that is sort of in tune with with the way the world works with the way reality is and that's that's the definition of dharma buddha's way which is the way of the universe in fact it's not a way different an eccentric kind of way but the way the universe really works being in tune with that is the ideal of of buddhism so um, what exactly is meditation? What does it achieve? Are there any studies? Oh, there are as many studies as, as you want. Uh, but meditation is not really one thing. Uh, the beginning part of meditation 
sometimes called calming the mind, uh, serenity meditation, in my uh, favorite term, samatha in the original uh, Buddhist vocabulary. Uh, calming the mind is the first step because imagine meditating with a mind that is totally uh, distraught and uh, disturbed. It, it would be an impossibility. So, so calming uh, what, the mind is the first step. So um, are there some tests done? Like what happens to our brainwaves when we go into meditation? What does this calming look like on instrumentation? Have you, have you seen that? No, but uh, yes, there are. Uh, uh, there are studies of that sort uh, with experienced meditators who who do show that uh, yes, the mind gives off the same kind of uh, waves uh, as when we're calm and uh, so on. Yeah. yeah. So it's measurable. What what are the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual benefits from a meditative practice? Well, emotional, uh, two benefits. One, as I mentioned, calming the mind, finding a measure of serenity. We see more clearly everything when, when we are calmer. Uh, the, the other emotional benefit is that Buddhist meditation is not emotionally neutral, really. It goes toward positivity. I mean, imagine a person who's said to be an enlightened person and is desperately unhappy how impressed would you be with that person uh, so uh, the emotional perhaps comes first and the second one is conceptual if you like because uh, it it's sort of um, uh, the wisdom, the Buddhist wisdom, is the interbeing nature of the universe, how everything is connected. I'd, li- I'd and... like to go back to the emotional for just a minute because I'm, I'm not real clear. <laughs> so if, if, you're, if you're upset and, and you enter into a meditative practice um, and you're calming the emotional realm, does that mean you're putting your upset or your dissatisfaction into denial or are you processing it? And how does it help process if that's the case? Well... There are two meanings of the word emotional. One is positive, one is negative. Um, you know, if, if somebody is, you know, we all know what we mean when you say to somebody, you're being emotional now. And uh, that is acting out of your emotions. Animals do this, dogs and cats. I mean, we've all been, you know, barked at by a dog or scratched by a cat. Those, those animals are being emotional in a negative sense. But there's also a positive sense of emotional. When we say, when we talk about emotional intelligence, for example, or when we talk about being in touch with your emotions, uh, women have a reputation for being emotional in this positive sense of the word. So uh, when when we talk about meditation and emotions, uh, the first aspect is sort of getting out of the negative negative meaning of emotional. And the second aspect is getting into the positive meaning of emotional, awareness of your emotions. And that's a big issue in, in, in Buddhism. It's one of the one of the areas of mindfulness is 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 being in touch with your emotions. 
So is it more like um, what you're calling negative emotion is where you're being controlled by your emotions and what you're calling positive emotion is where you're uh, witnessing your emotions but not controlled by them? Uh, I wasn't talking about negative emotions at this point. I was talking about the negative meaning of the term being emotional. Ah, gotcha. Yes, in general, I think I think you're right. If you're, you see, animals use their emotions as a form of intelligence. Animals survive by their emotions. Uh, they don't have the same kind of cognitive intelligence, all reach far-reaching cognitive intelligence that we have, but the, they, they they survive by by their emotions. So uh, there is a certain kind of emotionality. I think. Uh, that they they use and uh, if we go there you know uh, it's not a not a positive direction for us to go but being in touch with our emotional nature with our heart uh, with a heart space uh, yes that's very valuable for everybody so uh, i'm still a little unclear on what you consider the negative emotional just reactionary Uh, yes, you might say that. Uh, in this Buddhist tradition, they talk about responding to situations instead of reacting to situations. Uh, reacting, you know, we have a we have an evolutionary nature. The Flintstones in us, you know, like men would react. We're, we're going to have to we're going to have to pick up this on the other side of a short break. Uh, Joseph and I will return to our discussion on the flip side. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. There's more awareness to come, so don't you dare go away. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. 
During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour, Joseph Emmett, is the author of numerous books, including his latest, of Meditation and Mindfulness Practices for a Quieter Mind, Self-Awareness, and Healthy Living. 
we were talking about the benefits of um, uh, meditation. We pretty well covered the emotional, I think. And so, and then we have the mental and spiritual to look at. Would you mind telling me what the benefits there are? Mental. Um, well, um, as you look into one of my first koans, uh, the, the Zen, in the Zen tradition, you are encouraged to meditate with a, a puzzling statement of some kind, uh, was who who is listening and this was in hawaii where uh, at dawn the beautiful bird songs fill the air i was studying with roshi aitken and um, uh, robert aitken who is listening and you brought up that question who who am i this is another sort of way of putting that question, who am I, who is listening? And uh, as, as you also pointed out, I came up with all those, <laughs> all those identities. Um, I would come up with Joseph Emmett, and he would say, that's just a label. And uh, he, he gradually re- rejected all my suggestions as to who was listening to the bird song. And... Uh, it's a, it's a subtractive kind of wisdom as you as you uh, as you eliminate all those things. Finally, what came out, uh, what wanted to come out, that in meditation there's just listening, just listening. Forget the who, forget the drama, forget the story, forget the problems, forget the one who has problems. Forget the one who's listening. Just listening. And that's a wonderful definition of zazen, of of, of meditation, if you like. Uh, The self sort of fades away into the distance. You've heard the, uh, the statement, be here now. Well, this is sort of gives substance to that statement. We are here now when we're only listening, when we're one with our sensations, with, with our experience. So we're one with, um, we're the listener and the listened. Uh, we're, we're one with whatever's going on, not separate from it? Very, very much so, yes, yes. Uh-huh. So what are the spiritual benefits? Well, uh, the word spiritual is used in different ways. Actually, I didn't hear my teacher, Thich Nhat Hanh, use that word until very recently. Uh, because many people who use the word spiritual use it to distinguish from material. And that's not the meaning it has in the Buddhist tradition. Uh, if you want to use that word, uh, I would understand it to mean uh, a holistic sense, uh, a sense which includes uh, our emotions, our our vows, our aspirations, uh, and uh, not only this small self, but but the larger self. Uh, so, in that sense, it's not different. The spiritual is not different from from uh, the, the meaning uh, we have in everyday life. There's no other, there's no other life uh, than the everyday life, if you like. Got it. So how long, is it difficult to learn to meditate? Can just anyone do it? 
Yeah, yeah, yes, of course. That's the whole idea. Uh, anyone, one approach to meditation historically is polishing the mirror. The mind is a mirror, and when it's calm, it reflects reality more faithfully, like the surface of a lake. And when it's disturbed, it you know the trees start to dance, uh, the moon is all broken up, and so on. That's one one vision of of meditation, and the calmer the mind is, the clearer you see people uh, and reality, and and of course, anyone can do that to some extent. Uh, yeah. So so the more issues we have, the more disruption we have. Not necessarily. Uh, it it just depends on how much you allow the issues to disrupt your mind. I mean, find me someone without issues. <laughs> <You know? laughs> find me someone without challenges. Uh, Buddha uh, is not an exception. Zen teachers are not an exception, but they don't go into a funk about their challenges. That That is the, I think, big difference. So it's a matter of being able to set them aside. Not really. It's a matter of being in balance. A bicycle rider looks like she's perfectly balanced. But put a statue on a bike and give it a push, and you'll see what happens. It'll come crashing down. Because it does not adjust to the small changes of balance along the way by steering. We do that. The better uh, balanced among us do it better. Uh, so, uh, yes, uh, we, we balance with, we are aware, we're aware, but we're all tugged and pulled in different directions by our children, by our families, by partners, traffic, problems at work. But as a bicycle rider, our balance is dynamic. We continue to balance so that we do not fall down. That's a very nice metaphor. Is there a time when um, uh, meditation is contraindicated? Yes. If you are severely depressed, severely anxious, uh, sitting meditation is a problem because instead of meditating, you ruminate. Instead of <laughs> yeah. meditating, you brood. We cannot meditate with negative emotions. We need a measure of positivity in order to meditate. So if someone has those challenges, I recommend no silent meditation. I recommend guided meditations, which sort of keep you on, on track, or meditation with songs, walking meditation, uh, and the like, yes. So can meditation push a person beyond their processing by uncovering things before they're ready? Uh, that's a bit of a theoretical question. Uh, I, uh, I'm not, don't feel well about responding to that. We're talking about the theoretical person. I think each one of us is different, really. Okay. Would you explain what you mean by self-awareness? Self-awareness. Well, uh, the Buddha mentioned four areas of awareness. One is body. One is feelings. 
One is states of mind, uh, our consciousness. So uh, the self in this tradition is uh, um, a sort of like a mix of our sensations, our perceptions, our thinking, our consciousness, uh, our states of mind, and all of these like are rivers, four, five rivers flowing through us. And we take that to be a self. The self is actually a verb. You take it to be a noun. And uh, when we look into that, we see those rivers separately, a river of sensations flowing, river of thoughts flowing. So awareness of self is really becoming aware that there is no such entity as self, the flowing nature of self. So this brings me to my next question. Where does self blend into other? Is that part of what this practice is about? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, to a great extent. Um, we are a leaf on the tree of life. And uh, the tree, the health of the tree is the health of the, li- uh, of the leaf. And the and the health of the leaf determines the health of the tree, and the leaves are all connected in some way. Yes, to to see reality with that vision is wisdom. Is is the Buddhist idea of wisdom? Yes, you're quite quite right in that in that way. So the more we become aware of these rivers flowing through us, the more we're able to ride that bicycle, find the balance, and from that balance place, reunite with all that is. Is that the whole point here? <laughs> you, you simplified it, it is so much that it almost becomes a caricature, but uh, in very, very general terms, yes. So what are, what are the advantages of self-awareness? Well, uh, the, what, what is the other option? Delusion. Uh, it's a deluded sense of self uh, in, in this interconnected world. Uh, everything is interconnected. Uh, your happiness has a lot to do with the happiness of your family. I mean, can you imagine being happy if your partner, your children are desperately unhappy? Can you be happy if, say, you're a teacher, everyone in your class is desperately unhappy? So uh, seeing happiness is not an individual matter, as Thich Nhat Hanh, my teacher, says. And, uh, and, and in, in a very simple, this is a very simple example of, of, uh, of delusion and wisdom where they separate. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we're kind of going inward to find the outward. Is that correct? <laughs> if you like, yes. Uh, uh, you cannot give to people what you don't have. If you don't have any money, you can't give me any. And uh, you must develop the garden of your heart. You must develop peace, serenity, love, compassion in yourself in order to inspire them in others. Yes, very true. You must self-development and development of others uh, go hand in hand in that respect. Mm -hmm. 
So it seems like uh, meditation isn't a form of denial, but rather, like you said earlier, finding balance within the factors in our life. Definitely. Denial has nothing to do with meditation, whatever. It's quite the other way, quite the opposite. <laughs> I agree yeah. with that. And I've seen a lot of people, when they just start meditation, they, they have this vision, I have to deny anything that's not easy and, and, and smooth and zen. So it's nice to know it's not about that. We're going to have to take another break here. Joseph and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is The Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net, the place where altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric create common ground for the betterment of our world. We're brought to you daily by the leader in paranormal spirituality alternative health programming, the Exome Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. Network broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN TV. For more information on the X Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com.
wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program, for the secret to everything is for you, the listener, for those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at Songs and Stories for Soul. Soldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. You're listening to the X Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Joseph Emmett, the author of numerous books, including his latest, Buddha's Book of Meditation, Mindfulness Practices for a Quieter Mind, Self-Awareness, and Healthy Living. Joseph, we were talking about um, what I'd like to talk about, but we had a little difficulty in um, the different definitions between spirit, between your practice, and and a lot of the new age out there. There's a lot of talk about spirit. So... um, it seems to me that the closer we get to self-awareness, the closer we become to spirituality or unity. So can a person ever really be completely self-aware? I don't think so. Um, you know, uh, according to recent estimates, 95% of the universe is composed of dark matter, which doesn't show up on any instruments. We have no knowledge of it, 95%. And... Uh, I think the percentage of a human being, even ourselves, that we we don't know is in some ways comparable to that. Uh, The the Zen people talk about the don't know mind. uh, And uh, that is an important issue to, to feel comfortable with uncertainty, with not knowing, not jumping to conclusions, not be a slave of the conceptual mind that divides everything into categories and calls that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, I think, isn't that the most challenging thing? Because we're such a mental society, we have to know, and yet we never really do know the total um, scope of any issue, do we? 
yes, uh, yes, I agree with you. That's that's very true. But the tragic thing is that we think we know, and that's of course uh, true of illnesses, diseases, uh, nutrition, uh, our uh, you know our own mind, our unconscious. Uh, the nature of reality, whatever, you know, that's, that's quite true, yes. Isn't that a cause of a lot of conflict? You know, we got this polarization going on. Well, it's, I know, and it's my way. No, I know, and it's my way. And then the battle begins. Yes. Uh, take re- When you mentioned battle, take relationships, for example. Uh, it, begins, it begins with fascination with the being of a person. Uh, you don't know everything about the person, but you're fascinated with the aura, the being of that person. and and But th- that unifies us, that creates the connection. And then our opinions, our so-called knowledge, uh, our opinions about things divide us. And uh, so, yes, uh, uh, the, 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 the division and the unifying forces uh, very true uh, knowledge knowledge and uh, the intuition are, are sometimes you know work on opposite sides mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about meditation and intuition how do they work together well uh, in the Zen tradition there is something called makyo, which, which is some kind of a false intuition, uh, wishful thinking, or uh, some fantastic idea that you know, for example, that so-and-so is going to die tomorrow, or whatever. Um, so uh, there is that kind of intuition of which we need to beware. The mind can fool you. The other kind of Intuition comes from really knowing yourself and knowing others well. Mind readers are really people who read your expression, your facial expression, the expression of your voice, the the uh, the little signals that your hands, your eyes, your uh, your facial muscles give off that other people are not tuned into. Uh, Carl Gustav Jung, the, the psychoanalyst, the Swedish psychoanalyst, uh, defined uh, intuition that way. It, it, he defined it as those little sensations that most people are not aware of. So an intuitive person is really with it. That's how he he knows certain things that other people are not aware of. Mm-hmm. So it would occur to me <laughs> that in order to do that, you have to be very self-aware because you have to be able to tell what's the other's and what is yours. Is that correct? Yes, very true, very true. I think that uh, this, this, this kind of self-awareness is very precious and... Uh, it's it it works in in so many areas in relationships in business in uh, in your own happiness yes mm-hmm. there's another lovely concept you speak about that I'd like to go into and that's mindfulness what is mindfulness well uh, mindfulness uh, sometimes defined as uh, paying attention intentionally but the Buddha himself said that there are 
84,000 Dharma doors. And there are many ways of being mindful. Some of these I expressed in songs. You'll find a number of my mindfulness songs at mindfulnessmeditationcenter.org. Center spelt the Canadian way, C-E-N-T-R-E. And click on books, and the first two books have about a dozen meditation, uh, mindfulness songs. Each of them, you'll notice, address a different area of mindfulness. Uh, one of them, for example, says, just breathe, everything will be all right. Uh, that's breath meditation. Others talk about positivity, uh, which, which is important uh, because uh, negative messages are coming from everywhere, from the media, from uh, uh, our family, our culture, and uh, paying attention intentionally, as I said, you don't become a slave to this. Uh, you don't uh, pay attention to every message and absorb it. So, uh, yeah, there, there are many ways of, of being mindful and, and uh, the definition, the dictionary definition, a conceptual definition is not enough. You have to have a visceral notion of meditation, of mindfulness and, and, and those mindfulness songs or moments of meditation will give you a better idea than, than, a, than a dictionary definition. Mm-hmm. Do you think a meditative practice is particularly important at this time in history? And if so, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I think so. And I think the way you're asking that question, I think you think so as well. Uh, yes, uh, because negativity is everywhere. I mean, the other day I pushed the buttons, uh, the preset buttons on my radio, you know, one one button, oh, global warming, the other button, oh, the refugee crisis, the other button, oh, the election. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're going to a country where there is malaria, you take an antitoxin before you go. Well, in the West, we don't have malaria, but we have, we have negativity, we have anxiety, we have stress, and mindfulness is the antitoxin that we need for this. I think it's an essential practice. Yes. So these, all these things can pull us out of center and the mindful practice um, helps us find that balance again? Uh, helps us to go toward balance. Yes, yes. Um, uh, I, I, I rather put things uh, in, in, in process, like it's still happening, the balance is still happening, it's dynamic. I, I, I sort of stay away from, uh, you know, uh, the notion of balance as an ultimate thing that we achieve once and for all. Balance is momentary. The bicycle rider, her balance is from moment to moment. And uh, so, yes, with mindfulness, dynamic balance, yes, go together. Yes. My sensei once said, um, stand still, and I stood still. And he says, do you know how many muscles you're engaging to stand still? The earth is spinning. The universe is changing. It's not a static thing. And, and the, this kind of lines up with that, doesn't it? 
Yes, we are in a dynamic universe. I mean, the Earth not only rotates, but wobbles. It then goes around the sun, then the solar system is going towards somewhere else at a fantastic speed, and the whole galaxy is moving in, in, in another direction. So there is no stillness, really. Archimedes says, find me a still point, and I can move the world. There is no such point. And uh, yes, balance is very much dynamic. Uh, uh, yes, you're quite right. Uh, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show and contemplating these wonderful things. And I see I've got about half a minute left, and you've brought music and meditation together. I think that's, that's beautiful. And people can find your music on your website? Yes, mindfulnessmeditationcenter.org. Center spelled with T-R-E at the end, the Canadian way. And uh, yes, I promote med- taking meditation breaks with music during the day. Nice. Well, we're out yes. of time, Joseph. Thank you so, so much for being on The Science of Magic. Our guest this hour has been Joseph Emmett, the author of numerous mm-hmm. books, including his latest, Buddha's Book of Meditation, Mindfulness Practices for a Quieter Mind, Self-Awareness, and Healthy Living. His website is Mindfulness Meditation Center, and that's spelled C-E-N-T-R-E dot org. This has been The Science of Magic. Remember, you can always listen to that past thought-provoking episodes on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you embrace self-awareness. Mm-hmm.